Welcome to Treasures from the Bible. I'm Peanut, and today's a big day to buy our tomato plants and begin our contest with the boys. Our Bible study will be about judgment and discuss the Israelites in the wilderness. Because it's only 6 a.m. Today's not the day to be lounging around in bed sleeping in all day. We've got a contest to win. What are you talking about, Rudy? Come on, Joey, get up. we got to go buy our tomato plants. Oh, that's right. <sighs> but wait, that's not until 10 a.m. We can't underestimate our competition, so we need to be prepared. Aren't you taking this whole thing a little too seriously, Rudy? Did George Washington Carver take the peanut too seriously? What about peanut? Did the Wright brothers take flying too seriously? I guess not. When you come over, can you bring your heavy-duty work boots and a jungle hat? I'll bring everything else. Good morning, ladies. Are you ready to lose the Great Tomato Going Contest? Hmm. That's what you think, boys. Rudy, it's going to take three whole months to finish our contest. You sound like you're really looking forward to this, Rudy. I have our strategy all planned out. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mrs. G. Hello, Mrs. G. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Mrs. G. Here comes Joey on his bike. <laughs> he can hardly pedal with those big boots on. Hey, Joey, nice hat. Thanks. Hi, everybody. Well, now that we're all here, we can head off to the New Garden Greenhouse. I really like walking around this place. Everything is so beautiful and green. Mrs. G, look. Here are the cherry tomato plants you wanted. Great. I'll take two of those. Rudy, what are you doing? Take that pot off your hand. I can't. It's stuck. Rudy Michael Alexander, why do you have a clay pot on the end of your arm? Grandma, I stuck my hand in it. Now it will come off. I'm so embarrassed. Uh-oh. His hand is stuck in it. Young man, you're the second boy this month that has done that. I'll get the liquid soap. What if that doesn't work? Well, I can crack it open with a hammer or... He could just wear it for the rest of his life like that. It'd make an interesting conversational piece. Excuse me? We're talking about my hand here. No, no, don't worry. Here's the liquid soap. Ah, that's better. Thank you. Now, watch yourself, son. Be careful of the flower pots.
Okay, Joey, dig your hole. Rudy, you can remove the tomato plant from the plastic container. This mortgage-lifted tomato plant sure is small. The growers sell them like that, Lizzie. They're called seedlings. That little tomato plant will probably get ten times bigger than it is now. Really, Dad? Rudy, pull some of the roots apart like the girls did and plant it level with the ground. Then just fill in the soil around it and press it down. Can I water it now, Rudy? Sure. Are the tomato plants in the ground? Yep, they sure are. And Rudy's hand is out of the clay pot. As the Lord grows these little plants, we can look forward to bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches in about two months. Yum! My favorite sandwich. Mark, will you read our memory verse for us? Sure, Mr. G. Psalm 48, verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Today, I thought we could study God as the judge. In Genesis 18:25, God has Abraham saying, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Mr. G., is that saying God is perfect and that he always does what is right? Unlike people? That's correct, Lizzie. So the answer to the question, shall not the judge of all the earth do right, is a big yes. Even though the believer trembles at the thought of God sending masses of unsafe people to hell, he or she knows that God must enforce his law of the Bible. Is that what God did in the Old Testament, Mr. G? Yes, Joy. And in the New Testament as well, we're familiar with how God destroyed Pharaoh and his Egyptian army in the Red Sea. But let's read that again. Rudy, can you take, uh, let's see, Exodus 14, 27 through 28? I guess so. Exodus 14, 27 through 28. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. God sentenced Pharaoh and his soldiers with the penalty of physical death. Can anything be more terrible than that? What is even more terrible than physical death, honey, is eternal death or the second death. If Jesus did not pay for a person's sins, they will be judged for having disobeyed the Bible and then ultimately found guilty and then cast into hell forevermore. Actually, what happened to Pharaoh and his army can give us some insight about the second death as we read in Revelation 21.8. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Mr. G., is there any hope to escape hell? Oh, yes, Lizzie. We can be encouraged by what Jesus said in John ten twenty-seven and 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, 
and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly, while the nearer waters roll, while the tempest still is high, hide me, O my Savior. Lizzie, would you repeat our memory verse for us? Okay, Psalm 48:14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Peanut, would you read Exodus 15:26? Sure, Mr. G. Exodus 15:26. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. We have learned that none can be right in God's sight unless they are given eternal life, which means their sins have to be paid for. So God said those things to the Israelites, Mr. G? Yes, Joy, and to us as well. And we'll see that the Israelites were not able to abide by God's rules, even though all the people said they would do what the Lord commanded them. Aline, would you read Exodus 19.8? Sure. Exodus 19.8. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. Mr. G., so what did God do with them? Let's see what God's word the Bible says, Joey. Mark, would you read Exodus 32, 1? Sure, Mr. G. Exodus 32, verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not, what has become of him? And, Joy, would you also take Exodus thirty-two nineteen? 
All right, Exodus thirty-two nineteen. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf, and the dancing. And Moses angered wax hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands, and break them beneath the mount. Verses 27 and 28 of Exodus 32 say, And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And there fell of the people that day about three thousand men. God is using this true event as a picture of judgment day, as we read in Hebrews twelve, twenty-five through twenty-six. Rudy, can you read those verses, please? Hebrews twelve, twenty-five through twenty-six. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape, if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he had promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Mr. G, when it says that God shook the earth, I think that might be talking about Exodus 19.18. Is that correct? Well, that's interesting, Peanut. Why don't I just read that? Exodus 19.18. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. Yes, Peanut, good job. That was an excellent observation. And on that note, we'll have to end today's program, boys and girls. We hope you enjoyed it, and be sure and bring a friend next week to listen. For a free audio CD of any of these programs, please write to Treasures from the Bible and Care Family Radio, Oakland, California, 94621 USA. May God richly bless you with his salvation. Thanks for listening, and be sure and tune in next week when we'll learn something new from the Bible. Bye.